You're listening to Legal Tech Academy. Podcast that inspires legal professionals to make a difference in the sector, but being more than just a lawyer. My name is Iga Kurowska and I'm sitting down with inspirational individuals from all over the world to talk about their projects, the lessons they've learned, their views on hot upcoming trends and many more. Together we discuss how to make a change in the legal sector. Welcome to a special episode of Legal Tech Academy. In today's conversation, we are tackling a very, very hot topic. Most of you must have heard of ChatGPT and our meetup that the transcription of you're going to listen to has reached more than 69 countries all over the world. So we are super excited that our initiative Legal Tech Academy is going viral and is going, doesn't know the borders. We are very pleased to welcome an expert, Angel, from Spain, that is going to discuss the legal opportunities for the chat GPT, but also the dangers. And I invite you to listen to this conversation, to subscribe to our channel, and I look forward to seeing you in person in another of our meetups. Enjoy! Angel, what's your opinion about the most uh, useful um, features of GPT chat for the legal sector? I will summarize in two ways. First, as we will discuss later, never before in human history we have had this kind of tool. And for the legal profession, and in general the knowledge workers, but for the legal profession, everything that we do is words. So having a tool that is able to do this kind of amazing thing with tools is uh, yeah really something to, to to stop a little, and we'll discuss later the the use cases and and in the sur the survey also the, of the second question reflects very well what is possible because you have really put a lot of tasks for search for knowledge for drafting so it it really it is not a search tool it's a drafting tool but it's a knowledge tool so it's really really amazing because at the same time that everybody's hyped it's not clear what should we do with it nor at the individual level but neither on the business side so business are struggling to, to think what is the the best use cases how to use this new technology that is different of the machine learning that we know and the surgeons that, that we know all the advanced technologies this is a new kind of of beast that we will discuss. Uh, okay, when when I think about the the, the strengths of of, uh, of GPT Chat, uh, I would say that uh, it's 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 very useful. It may be it may be useful in case of, for example, uh, creating summaries of, of large texts, also drafting uh, very simple uh, documents, and also analyzing and explaining in very simple language, uh, legal concepts. So uh, what uh, what comes up to your mind, Angel, about the applications of, um, of GPT in our day-to-day uh, -day work? Interesting thing is 
that is everything. So it's going to help us to find information, it's going to help us to learn. So not only search to in, in, the, in the static and classical way, but the, the, the learning will have a one-to-one -one and personalized uh, way to approach it. That is something that for the universities and the school, it's also interesting. But it's not only to access the information, it's able to, as you say, to summarize a document. This is beyond a, a search engine. And to extract the keywords and to change the style, but also it, it's... Uh, it, it can help in the drafting, the first draft at least on, of documents and in the analysis of the, those documents. So, and also in non-legal documents. So for the, for the communication with clients to, to suggest an outline of a pitch and, and it does it very, very well. So, so search, train, documents, customers, because at the end it, it, uh, it affects, but it has an impact on everything that is that is done with words. Judges, uh, lawyers, uh, um, legislators, every, everything in our world is done with words. So all these things definitely, but which one first? Definitely the search should work, the drafting should work, but as there are um, weaknesses that we have to see which ones are already mature and which ones need supervision, because we know that it, it, everybody also knows, right, that at the same time that there is a hype, everybody knows that the information is not reliable for our business. So, Angel, because we put quite a lot of answers here, so if you were to systematize them in the right order, which one would you put first as, your, in your opinion, the biggest strength? Is it general knowledge? Is it information systemization? Which one of these would you think Top three. So right now, general knowledge, generating non-legal documents in the, for communication with customers, for market, marketing material, that is definitely something that can be done right now. And in the general knowledge is both the search part and the train part. That is very important because in, in Google, you not you cannot follow up and say, now deepen on this part or explain me better this part. So it's it's a and just for the general knowledge, as you point here, because one of the key things here is that um, this technology is able uh, it's, it's a probabilistic technology. Mm -hmm. so, and I see that we are going uh, quite a lot into the direction of the imperfections. So let's look at the question number three, the weaknesses, the most dangerous for the legal professions. And we got no sources provided, no factor, feature on demand or just available given there, unreliability of the information, lack of wisdom impeding problem solving and limited creativity. Angel, please, uh, can you do the same exercise? Which one do you think is the biggest obstacle for the legal sector? Do you agree with them? With the second being no fact check and the third one, unreliability, is it the same? Do you share the same opinion? Yeah, that, that's definitely the blocking point. There, there is a four important one that is the reasoning part, the the, the wisdom that you point in the, in the post. But these are the ones that are blocking. If, if you search for information that is not reliable because it has made up facts, definitely it's not worth you. You cannot rely on that. And if it doesn't cite the sources, then you cannot be sure 
where it has how to confirm certain certain things. Mm -hmm. And what about the limited creativity? Because I believe that to be the least unset point, maybe it's false. Maybe it doesn't have limited creativity. What do you think? It sounds pretty convincing. Those of you who follow me on LinkedIn could have seen in the latest post that that even ChatGPT got convinced that the wife is always right. That, that's a really, really interesting point. And I have thought a lot. So let me share my thoughts on that. Uh, when we talk on reasoning, uh, creativity, I like to see this as a creativity tool. And and, and the, the CEO of OpenAI also mentions that it, it, this has started the artificial intelligence by the, the, the thing that 10 years ago, nobody thought that artificial intelligence will be able to do, the more creative parts of the of the mind. And it's very creative, that, but that's at the same time the, the same the, the problem because then it's not always ground to the truth. It's more creative. I, I will summarize as this. It's very able to create arguments and explain why something is that way. This is because that. And in this part, it's creative. So for instance, one use case that I'm exploring, and it's really, really interesting, is when you're preparing a, a court, um, and you have to go to court, you have to think on, on the arguments on your part or the arguments on the other part, or, or what kind of facts you can check as evidences. And, and this is very, very helpful. So this creativity in the sense of providing you arguments of plausible information, it's I think is good, it's not limited. What is limited is that it's not able to do math or logic. So it, and it's not grounded to the truth because it cannot update these facts. So I will not say that it's limited. On the contrary, we if we look at it as creativity, it can be very, very helpful if we know the limitations. Okay, uh, so uh, when we when we talk about um, the weakness of GPT chat, I think that for us lawyers, it is always important to rely on on reliable sources. And uh, in case of uh, GPT, we are not actually sure where does the sources come from. So, what's your opinion about about, about it? This it's. Uh... A problem of of uh, this language model by definition. They, they are impressive in the statistical understanding, so it, it allows for language, the general knowledge, but they make a, a whole overview. So that's the, why they are very good at history or philosophy, but they are not able to point where they have learned something, and and this is really impossible for for a professional use. Uh, but they, there are things that are being explored right there. For instance, the Perplexity AI website that is based on the WebGPT site that combines the searches of Bing or Google and tries to use GPT after, but then is limited by the, the quality of the results because as you know, this, Models have a limit in the in the capacity of what they can 
process. They, they cannot uh, process 10, 100 pages. They are able to process more or less four or five pages, uh, even the, the most advanced ones, about three thirty thousand words. And at the same time, you cannot add to uh, any language model, GPT or any, any, other, any other one that will appear, a new document. You know, we have a new law, we have a new case, we have a new author book. What do you do? You, you cannot put it in the system because the system is closed, it's pre-training. That is the GPT is generative or generate text, pre-trained transformers. So what the only things that we can do is some fine tuning on so, or some, some hybrid solutions for that. Mm-hmm. And this, but this is the things that we have to work, all the legal tech, the publishers, even the big com- companies that, uh, or, or big firms that I think will do something with their documents. But, but it's the same problem. You, you cannot send, read me, read my 100 uh, contracts and learn something. No, it's, it learns in a very different way as the machine learning. Machine learning is a data set with a level with a conclusion. And it is a loss function that understands, learns the, the error. Here, there is no error. You put documents and what? So you can train for new behaviors. That is the few zero shoot learning and few shots learning that was so impressive two years ago of these models. But you cannot add knowledge. That is the, the problem. So th- then you have to think uh, hybrid solutions for that. But it's different for search and for documents or, or other approaches. Mm-hmm. And it also states itself that it's limited to the facts uh, up till 2021. Uh, what I wanted to mention, which seems very curious for me, it's one of our audience members stating that if you request the source from the chat GPT and you as, it, as he says in the comments, say please, uh, then he gives you the sources. I personally haven't heard about that, nor haven't tried it, uh, but yeah. one of our audience members believes that it does so. So I invite you all to try it. Why and don't I, we move? Mm-hmm. I can tell you because we have okay. played with that. He invents the sources. So maybe sometimes it's like, all of the facts. If you ask, if you ask for an art, which article uh, regulates this or which sentence, it will provide you numbers. Half of the time are are lies. And if you ask, where did you get that source? Half of the time will be lies. Also, it's that opens a whole world for how to do the prompting so it is able to not. And so it's because it's more a creative thing than a professional thing. Again, this is something I'm, I'm finding. He, he doesn't know what is lie or, or the truth. And yeah, and this mm-hmm. is, and in any, any case, sorry, just to finish the, the solution, there is Google, but they claim that they have uh, something done by DeepMind that is Sparrow that is able to cite sources. So there is a paper but uh, we still have to see what will happen. So, that, or hybrid solutions, or maybe some new technologies that until now is not possible. But as you mentioned, why OpenAI has frozen the model on September? Because these models are not easily up- updatable. You need to do a whole retraining, so you only can do fine tuning in, in certain things. 
Uh, I think that we need to bear in mind that before using um, AI, before using GPT for any legal, uh, especially legal research, we need to bear in mind that this is a language model. It's not something like Westlaw or uh, Legalis or LexisNexis. This is just a language model. So it's, it, it has been trained to analyze uh, language patterns and uh, provide answers based on these language patterns. So, so this is not uh, the same as uh, any uh, source of uh, legal knowledge which we use uh, in our daily work. Mm -hmm. yeah. Very interesting and also interesting, and I haven't uh, been aware of that, that you cannot actually, correct me, Angel, please, if I'm wrong or if I didn't get it, that you cannot really train it. So because my thought was that is the legal sector using chat GPT enough so that we strengthen the model, but from what I understood, although we train it, it's not like machine learning, that the more you train it, the more it becomes uh, operational in the sector. Yeah. Okay, that, that's a very interesting point. So let me say two things. First, what this language model is very good and provides to the legal profession very reliably is the general facts. What is a, a highway, what is internet, what is a dock, all these kind of things it's able to reason very well because it has seen lots and lots and lots of examples and has created a model that is reliable. And this is the first part of what the lawyer has to do. The second part is to apply rules to those facts. And this is where it, it doesn't have the, enough capacity for that because it not only has not seen a lot of laws, but in each country it, and, and in each time it, it changes. This is where it, why it is not so reliable at the end, but with the facts, it's very reliable. On the learning part, all this knowledge is very good, but it's frozen. What you can do with these prompts is to learn some tasks. This is what made this language model so surprising two years ago with the zero uh, shooting, a few shooting, that it was trained or language, but was able to do tasks that before needed a specific data sets for classifications, for translations, for summarizations. Now, the language, you simply say, summarize, classify, translate, and the language model has done it. But it disadvantage is only useful to add new tasks on the model, but not new knowledge on the model. For them to add new knowledge, it's much more complicated than that. We can discuss about the legal prom engineering, the fine tuning and the reinforcement learning, but this is much more complicated. Angel, if, if, you, uh, if you think about uh, stakeholders uh, most potentially using uh, chat GPT, uh, GPT uh, in the legal work, uh, who would it be in your opinion? Okay, for the use cases, I think there are two use cases ready to, to be used. So, so we, we have discussed the unreliability and the technical difficulties, and we, still we don't have products that have solved in, in, the, in the different areas. I, I'm, I'm focusing more on, on the search, on the legal information retrieval, but with the vision on the training and what it can do later. But 
there are two things that already already can be done by any by different levels of of, uh, of stakeholders. First one, as we discussed, everything that is not directly legal related, so it has no consequences. For instance, to do uh, a communication with client to write me this draft, summarize this document that is entering, prepare me a pitch for a for a customer. All these things that where there is not a, a truth or a risk can be used by anyone, juniors, seniors. That's the other important thing that uh, chat GPT has done. The second level, so brainstorming, summarizing, drafting, non-legal things. That's, this is safe. And there is not a truth for our responsibility. The second level is the, is the more interesting one. Because we, as we have seen, it has already some kind of knowledge. We, we have heard this bar exam, but also recently it was an MBA exam that is what's able. So it not only understands law, but understands a basic consultancy support. That, that's why we can ask for a pitch, for instance, or, or a business plan, and we'll write things that are very good. The problem is that as it's, it is not reliable and we don't have still the professional tools, you can only use it if you have the knowledge to confirm. So I think that the best analogy I have seen outside the legal world is by software, software engineers. They say, it can save me a lot of time and it's the most impressive uh, productivity tool I have. But makes errors, so I, I have to check. So the, the best, in, in our sector, the best analogy for me is if you have an associated or a junior lawyer that you ask, okay, do, do uh, create a first draft on this, do a, a first research on that, propose me some ideas. But you must have the knowledge to be able to, to to evaluate where it is good or it is bad. But in those cases, it's already available, just for things that are not immediately legal or things that you have the knowledge. And it's like having a, a junior or as associate that no, not all the people can have it, in, in, especially in the small firms. But uh, it, it definitely will not do a whole contract, definitely will not do a research that you can rely, because I have seen it in Westlow or Lexis Nessis. So you have to do the, the extra part. I mean, the do, I think that it can do, but because it can do anything, but to do it right, that's another question. <laughs> so, but it can summarize quite well and save you a lot of time. And, and the surprising thing is that it can even draft a first contract. And, and not only that, and it, it can write it with some point of view, as we discussed previously with the creativity part. <laughs> so you can say, do it as in a way that is more favorable to my client or and, and in, in court and create the argument. So this capacity to create arguments and to change the point of view is what I mentioned earlier about that is creative in, in this way, but of course doesn't have the wisdom, but 
if you have that wisdom, it saves you time. I think that's the, the key point. Or, or if very interesting. Very interesting and spot on comments, Angel. Thank you very much. Wanted to ask you one more thing. Uh, what do you think about that, about actually broadening the services of some accounting platforms or, or, or some other legal tech tools that will use this as a chat to broaden their services without maybe legal responsibility, because we know that this is liability. This is a very touchy topic in the spectrum of the legal tech. I think that these are the most tech savings. They are a mix of legal tech and, and, and firm, not big firm, but medium firm. So they will have the, the interest to uh, have the, most of the task automated, and this definitely will will help. So I I think that uh, it's much more than that. This will be for me one of the key drivers. Others will be legal publishers because they have the it's it's their mission huh? how, how to provide information and good documents, and all the uh, the other part that will be very active, very, very active is, is the other main legal tech out there that all the contract uh, analysis and contract management, they, they are pushing what can they do with this because they have the access to private information of the company. So they, they have something very valuable that is not out there in the in the web and and they have all already the infrastructure. About the direct customers, I think that will be more the the ALSP, the ones that can do that, because uh, what what direct customers is a, is a chat that you provide a service, so someone should be after. It's not out out in the wild uh, like the internet. I but mean, I think we can discuss. We could dis uh, discuss this one as. Uh as a separate and we could go on and go on of course with the discussions but for me and i already put it somewhere out there in the chat was the product market fit for the legal services and maybe direct customers and the world in general uh, and it's very unlikely to hear as a lawyer is actually waiting for that sort of product Absolutely. in many cases very convincing not always right but after, if you look at the amount of legislation out there, it's a very big data phenomenon. So although even for lawyers, even for the most sharp lawyers, it's difficult to navigate all this yeah. legislation. Uh, yeah. Why don't we go on with the, with the other question, which was biggest concern for the legal sector in using the chat GPT. And we've got 50% for the blockage in regards to info reliability. Then we've got 42% application to improper use cases, 37 impossibility to use the info due to lack of sources, because we lawyers, we need to quote our sources often, and we need to be able to justify the sources in front of the client if it's a consultation. Then we've got 32% rejection due to unfamiliarity, sorry, and fear of replacement. Very interesting one, very psychological one and uh, to be debated as well, because maybe this, maybe it's not. And then the last one, hype passing and forgetting it exists very soon, which can happen as well. Okay, I, I will say that the hype will not pass. That's for sure. <laughs> That's for sure. Because- And it's a good thing, right? 
The, no. It's intrinsic in the hype to pass. So if it doesn't pass, it's not a hype anymore, which will be uh, with us in the market and a good thing, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Because for for two or three reasons. First, as we have, we see, there is already some use cases. Second, Microsoft is putting a lot of money to to put it on Office, and this is the main tool for the for the lawyers. Not on is Bing and Office are the two strategic investments for for Microsoft. But Office alone will make a, absolutely a, a change. So then. The, the only problem could be what is the speed of adoption? Because if it's a chat that is paid, then not everybody will use it. But if it's inside Office, will be... because the main thing that ChatGPT has done, and that, that's why the people from Meta is saying, uh, there is no innovation in GPT. And, and the CEO of, the, the CEO of, uh, of OpenAI, he says that, he was surprised of what happened because more or less the technology was there. But the fact that they created a chat experience make uh, all the change. It has exponentially improved. Once we have it on office, I think well, it will be one of the drivers. Also, if the companies are able to develop products as that uh, in the same process that are serving the, pro the 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 customers with content management or search uh, legal information databases. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Um, would you agree that the first fear or concern would be the blockage in regards to info reliability? Yeah, the, the two first are the key problem right now for the high stakes practice. So that's why they cannot replace Westlow or LexisNexis. That's, mm -hmm. but there is, as we have discussed, other use cases that are usable right now, not for mm -hmm. high stakes, but this, yeah. And would you add any other fears or concerns and help? No, for, for me, the, the blocking ones are if you cannot rely on the on the information because of, of the source of the update or the of the hallucinations, any of this, then you cannot use it professionally unless with thinking as a draft or a first uh, research report on a topic that you can check and it has saved you half an hour, one hour, then it's enough. But this will be, once this is solved and it has the same reliability uh, that our existing databases and software tools, uh, definitely everybody will prefer this because it's not only the dizziness to search because you don't have a list of results that you have to filter. You can uh, have a synthesized answer and you can follow up with more questions. So it's a completely different, it's a, it's a game changer, but the, the blocking point are the two first for me. In any way, in anything, not only search, but also contracts. You can rely on in a tool that says you things that are false. Maybe this is the good time to start with the Q&A session. I will give the, the voice to, to Zusa.
Yeah, the first one is uh, where can lawyers learn prompt engineering skills for, for the legal industry? That's definitely one of the least lessons that we are all learning. That is, is not the same asking. You cannot ask in any in any way because you will have some answer. But if you are you understand how to ask, you will get better better answers. And the short answer is there is no single place yet. And I was in a MIT session last week. And they are starting to, to put some kind of, of legal prompting page, but it's pages. And there are plenty of pages that have use cases of what kind of prompts can, can, can be asked. Because one of the things that we are learning also is what can we ask? It's, <laughs> there are things that we have not thought that is able to do. But there, there is no, for legal prompting, there is no source, not yet. We are learning that, and it's good that people ask for that because that is the good thing to, the good way to think, because then the tool starts to be more, more usable and it's a completely new interaction. It's more very natural in one on one way, but at the same time, it's so powerful that we we are learning. But I take note on that too. <laughs> Okay, so what right. I'm finding working on that also. Yeah. yeah, second question also concerns technical uh, skills. Uh, so it is will the need to improve technical skills hinder progress in utilizing AI to advance the legal industry? The good thing with language models is that uh, it's very natural, so it lowers the, the entry barrier to, to use it. So it the, for, for language model is much more important the the prompts so knowing how to ask as you will have with an a junior or associate so you know how to ask the the questions you don't need to know uh, Python or anything for for a lawyer to use these these tools so in this case no if the question is in general uh, a lawyer doesn't need to program because it's not the day is day to day it will need to to use the prompts for for a language model definitely but not programming the understanding of the low level logic of computers and data structures and that kind of things is in, interesting in a general way and of course if you're working in a very specialized uh, digital law or something like that Okay, <clears throat> now very interesting question. Will ChatGPT make the future generations smarter or the opposite? That's also a very good question that in the schools and the universities are dealing with. I would say that they will be smarter and let me explain why. There are two, two things. In, in, in the education part, there is a lot of, of debate, but for me, the summary is the following. Before the internet uh, and before the calculators, you had to learn things that now are not needed. So you have access to much more information. But at the same time, this is, this is not enough. You need to learn how to reason on top of that. So the advance, advancement of technology doesn't so provides more knowledge. So even if you lose some some faculties as calculation or, or memory. 
in the case of the, these language models and GPTs, it's true that you cannot send homework to, to people because you don't know what will happen in the schools and in the university. And even Jordan Peterson, the, the, the guru said that uh, one third of the, of the universities will be out of business in five years. So, it's, so there is a lot of fear on that and, and the exam of the MBA also reflects that. But what will be very good and will make people smarter, that is your question, is that we have new ways to train. And I think this idea of having a personal professor, tutor that adapts to your interests and follows up and depends as you ask, this will be uh, transformative for, for everything. And in any case, you will have to go to class with a teacher that confirms the data that you, that you have learned and teaches you things that are beyond this personal basic tutor. And for law, I hope that we will have the same. And as Iga was discussing before, and the problem with the law is that there are too many laws, not even the professionals know all of them. And later you have to interpret. So anything that lowers that is good for the society and it will be better, definitely. Mm -hmm. And from the university perspective, because I also have a chance to teach at a few European universities, I believe and I try myself already to include the chat GPT in our curriculums. And as it's been already said multiple times uh, in the social media, the fact that the chat GPT passes those exams, professional exams, it means much more about the exams than about the chat GPT. So I think that this is a sort of reflection that we can uh, end our very passionate discussion with. Thank you very much, Angel. I give the voice to Roman to say a few words of conclusion, I believe. And I thank you everyone for participation. And I pass on the mic to Roman. Thank you, Iga, and thank you very much, Angel, for your time today and for your uh, for for all the things you explained to uh, to our audience. Uh, Personally, I think that I will, uh, first of all, I will try to log into uh, to, uh, to ChatGPT when it will be available again. Uh, but uh, from, from my perspective as an in-house lawyer, uh, this is something that, uh, that may be very useful in case of very simple tasks. Uh, not all of our tasks are um, very serious and um, requires some kind of special knowledge. So in case of very, uh, very simple, uh, repetitive um, uh, tasks, uh, I think that it's worth really to, uh, to think about using AI, how to, uh, you know, save time um, in, in, in your daily work. Thank you very much for listening to our conversation. Thank you to our guest and to our audience that was there with us on January 25th in life. I look forward to seeing you next time with us to discuss another topic of choice. And I'm really happy how it turned out. And I look forward to discussing more about the chat GPT with all of you online. Take care and see you next time.